trusted voice of truth and light. God gave me a gift. I shovel well. I shovel very well. And a rally point for those who've accepted the reality that they are not sheep. We've got a blind date with destiny. And it looks like she's ordered the lobster. This is The Brian Hyde Show. Well, hello there and welcome to the show. I don't know if you can tell or not, but uh, I am on the return side of about a solid week of industrial strength laryngitis. So I'm not at 100% today. It's going to be awkward, but excuse me one moment. I may be clearing my throat from time to time, and I'll do my best not to audibly rearrange several pounds of phlegm, but gosh dang. You know, if there's something, if there, I don't know. You know, when, when I, I, I had this throat infection come on about a week ago, and it came on so fast and so aggressive that uh, I was actually starting to get a little bit concerned. Okay, maybe the Rona found my address and, and is showing up. However, it turned into just plain old run-of-the-mill bronchitis, which uh, for me usually turns into a pretty good case of laryngitis. And I'm telling you, I couldn't even whisper for the longest time. So I'm not back to 100%, but I'm going to give it a go. We'll see if I talk myself out of uh, work for the rest of the week, but I, I, there's so much going on, and there's so much that I want to share with you. Thank you, first of all, for being part of the, uh, the growing audience of wrong thinkers who have discovered this little program. Um, I understand that uh, I'm a nobody in the big scheme of things. You know, I, don't, uh, I have no fancy degrees. I have no titles to impress you. I'm not even good-looking or rich, so you know, the, if you're listening... You're finding something other than uh, what drives most people to a particular audience. But in my case, I have this burning love for liberty. And and I I have uh, felt compelled to speak out in support of it for many years. And right now, holy cow, we are in a position where uh, it is in eclipse. It is under attack. And uh, it's not just me. I'm one of many voices right now trying to speak out and encourage people to stand up for themselves. And it doesn't help that the world is getting crazier by the day with, uh, with uh, attempts to restrict, limit, or eliminate our liberties. And it's always, of course, for our own good. So I don't want to give the impression everybody's a goose-stepping little dictator. They're not. Some are becoming like that, but uh, <clears throat> it's, it's, a, it's a crazy place to find ourselves. So I want to start just to set the tone for how crazy things are. If you were to ask me, Brian, how bad is it getting? I would ask you to listen to a little brief cut of audio. And you're going to meet a young lady by the name of Grace. She's a 16-year-old high school student who is showing more courage than most adults do. And she is refusing to comply with the mask mandate her Wyoming school board was trying to force. In other words, she showed up for school. She's twice been in trouble for showing up for school um, and and not putting on the mask. Well, this time, as she went to attend class without a mask, she was met with police and given a $500 citation. And when she was told to leave the school, she refused to comply. At that point, she was handcuffed and arrested. But I want you to hear what happens very early on in the exchange where she first meets up with these police officers. Just check this out. Can you please let me into class? What's that? Can you please let me in? She's asking to be let into class. She's going to wear a mask. It'll... So, 
You're taking away my right to go to school. Well, I need I need you to wear a mask because that's what we got to do right now. Okay. Well, I guess I'll just sit here. Once again, we are in a lockdown. Please stay in your rooms until further notice. Thank you. Okay, so on this, and I just, the part of the protocol is to ask for a student's signature, and you know, it's obviously up to you, but all it says is, I uh, hereby acknowledge that I participated in a pre-suspension conference. That was just me going over this mm -hmm. with you, um, with the administrator. That's me. Brady signed it, but, um, and I'm aware of the reason for my suspension. I understand and agree that I am not to be on or near any ACSD1 school grounds nor participate in school activities during the suspension. You've been suspended. They've asked you to leave. This is the police officer talking. All right. So as law enforcement, I am now respectfully requesting that you leave the premises because you've been suspended. Are you willing to do that? No. Okay. So I'm going to formally warn you of trespass. And if you want to stay, you're going to receive another citation for trespass. Okay. So you've been formally warned of trespass. Do you want to leave the facility now? No. No? You want to stay? All the doors are locked, man. So you want to stay? How long are you planning on staying for? I don't know. Okay. I'm going to go write the citation for you. I'm going to let you know what's going on at this point. Okay. This entire building now is in lockdown. So you have now restricted the movement of over a thousand students who are not allowed to leave their classrooms because you're trying to get back into the classroom, which you are not allowed to do because you've been suspended. Okay? Mm -hmm. We will wait you out for some time. I am going to warn you now. If this continues for a length of time to where I feel that we have now hampered the ability for every student in here to get an education, I will be placing you into handcuffs and I'll be taking you down to the jail. Okay. And I will remove you from the building. Okay. 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 This court day is November 16th at 9 o'clock right. in circuit court. Right. Any questions on that? Nope. All right. Thank you. Okay. I'm going to cut in here and just, <clears throat> you can watch the rest of the video yourself. Bottom line is, yes, he did arrest her. And I got to give credit to this young girl, Grace. She is absolutely calm. She's not, you know, shrieking the same thing over and over like you'll often hear people do when they're having some kind of a confrontation with police. But did you catch how early on in this the school goes into lockdown and then they're blaming her? You are restricting the movements of a thousand people because you are suspended and you're on campus. What does it all come back to, though? She refused to bend the knee. She refused to put on the mask. And look, I perfectly understand. The easiest thing in the world would have been for her to just shut up and put the mask on and everybody go about their day. And I don't expect you to agree with the conclusion I'm about to, to toss in your direction. But actions like hers do more to further the cause of liberty than all the pretty speeches I can give on a daily basis behind this microphone and all the rallies that people can hold across the country. It's that simple refusal to go along, that simple refusal to submit that throws things in, into, uh, you know, it, it, <clears throat> it just shows that we, we cannot get this person to submit. Look at the overreaction on the part of her school district. Fined, arrested for refusing to comply with their mask mandate. Now, if you can watch that and say, <clears throat> you know, with, with, you know, a straight face, hey, she's totally the one who's in the wrong here. I mean, you're entitled to your opinion, but I have to ask. What did she actually do that would justify that kind of a response? 
because I don't see it. And it's very possible that I'm, you know, I'm missing something here. I sure don't have all the answers, but she was calm. She was collected. She was there at school like she was supposed to be. I assume Wyoming has compulsory school attendance laws like every other state. But because she wouldn't put on the mask, oh, well, we're going to have to flex then. We're going to have to lock everything down. We're going to have to arrest you and fine you $500. It's not the first time she's been fined $500, by the way. So here's the question that I want you to pose to yourself. How willing would you be to suffer for your beliefs? And I'm assuming, you know, if your beliefs are, you know, that I want to be a free person. I want to I have that personal autonomy. She wasn't trying to prevent other students from wearing their masks. She wasn't trying to prevent the administrators from putting on masks. But because she would not bend the knee, they went for mass punishment or at least, uh, you know, collective punishment. This is so reminiscent of just just a little over a year ago when Ammon Bundy showed up to watch his son play high school football. And they wouldn't let him into the stadium because he would not put on a mask. I mean, this is an outdoor stadium, right? This is this is outdoors. People had the opportunity to, to socially distance. But Ammon's like, nah, I'm not going to put the mask on. And he went and he stood in the parking lot outside the fence of the stadium to watch his son play. But because there was an unmasked, you know, an unobedient individual standing there somewhere as a visible reminder to people that you don't have to submit. You can exercise your volition not to put the mask on. They canceled the game. They called the game right in the middle of the game. Well, folks, we're having to shut this all down because of him. <clears throat> Talk about some some good gaslighting material. I guess what I'm trying to make clear here is, look, Ammon was not being the unreasonable one. In fact, you know, that some disadvantage to himself, he removed himself from the situation and stood outside the stadium. This girl just simply said, okay, well, you know, I'm here. I'm at school where I'm supposed to be. I'm just going to stand here. She wasn't trying to disrupt classes. She wasn't trying to prevent anybody else from learning. But here comes the collective punishment. We've got to lock everybody down. We've got to make a big scene out of this. We've got to turn this into a legal affair, which means once the state's involved, organized force is being brought to bear, and we're going to put some handcuffs on this girl and kidnap her and take her to jail because she wouldn't put on the mask. How strong are your convictions? Could you stand next to her and feel confident? This is The Brian Hyde Show. This is The Brian Hyde Show. All right, welcome back to the show. And I again, I apologize. You're going to hear me clear my throat a number of times through the show today. I'll try to do it off mic wherever I can, but uh, I have been fighting a really nasty case of laryngitis for about the last seven days. And uh, yeah, it gets in my head. <laughs> this, is, this is like a racehorse breaking its leg. I just, you know, I have a real tough time when... When there's so much going on, and I want to talk, I want to share share some information with you, and I've got some great stuff ahead of us today. Um, I do want to mention that the, the sponsors to my show are wonderful people, wonderful businesses. MonticelloCollege.org. We're going to be talking with Shannon Brooks here um, in just a day or two. Uh, LifesavingFood.com. Uh, we're going to actually spend some time talking about uh, what is becoming a very common site. 
maybe you've noticed it. Maybe you're starting to get used to it. Have you noticed how the grocery store shelves, you're seeing empty spots. Get, you know, hang on to your hat because there's, there's more coming. And this is a time when food storage makes a tremendous difference just in your peace of mind, knowing that you've got that self-reliance. You can use the coupon code HIDE at checkout for a 20% discount. Yeah, lifesavingfood.com will take care of my listeners, but you can click on the link that I provide in the show notes at thebrianhydeshow.com. Also, a shout-out to the Heather Turner team at Patriot Home Mortgage in St. George, Utah. By the way, there's a link in there. If you have a business and you would like me to evangelize to my listeners about you, Click on the link in my show notes. You can become a sponsor. It's very affordable. We have significant reach. We're very affordable. But most importantly, I will I will introduce you to my listeners and essentially uh, create a great friendship between you and them. Now, I want to share another little piece of audio here. This is from uh, a retired California RN who is asking a question regarding vaccine mandates. And this is a very timely question because I don't know if you have tried air travel over the weekend, but holy smokes, what an amazing situation. And by amazing, I don't necessarily mean it was great. Uh, Over a thousand flights, maybe it's as many as as 1,400 flights on Southwest canceled. Flights delayed, flights having to be rerouted or otherwise, uh, you know, uh, they're having to, to reschedule flights. Air traffic controllers walking off the job. Pilots walking off the job. Why would they do such a thing? Why do they hate America, right? No, it's because they're being told you will get the vaccine or else. Well, they're calling the company's bluff. And, you know, I say this as someone who just bought airline tickets about a week ago. I'm going to be flying to Albuquerque to meet my biological dad for the very first time here in a couple of weeks. I'm excited about it, but I'm also going, oh, crap, <laughs> this is this may this may become quite an adventure because uh, it's not getting easier to do air travel. I'm willing to lay low. I'm willing to put the mask on for, you know, a two hour flight to to be able to meet somebody that uh, it's, it's very important that I meet. But uh, the airlines have got some serious pushback. And once they start feeling the pain in their bottom line, I don't know, maybe they'll change their their uh, their tune. But do you feel like things are kind of building to a head? Well, here's the question that an RN from California, <clears throat> she's retired, by the way, is asking that I think is, is absolutely relevant to this whole vaccine mandate. I mean, the president, all the stuff that's going on, all the crazy stuff that's going on economically, all the crazy stuff that is being done by the federal government, and the the president is focusing on, well, you know, why are we focusing on the economy and the jobless numbers, and why are we focusing on, you know, all this, when we have 20% of the population that hasn't gotten vaccinated? It's obsessive. That's That's the thing he can't seem to get his mind around. I'm sure there are a lot of other things he can't get his mind around based on, you know, how just his his current state of mind, but... Why is it so obsessive? Well, here's a good question for you to ask those who are pushing so hard for these vaccine mandates. Again, this is a retired California RN who's asking this. Why do the protected need to be protected from the unprotected by forcing the unprotected to use the protection that didn't protect the protected in the first place? Wow. <laughs> I mean, that is, 
Okay, one more time. Let's listen to it one more time. Why not? Why do the protected need to be protected from the unprotected by forcing the unprotected to use the protection that didn't protect the protected in the first place? And it was set to music, so it's even it's even got kind of a catchy tune there behind it. Why is it that they're pushing so hard right now? I don't have an answer for you, but I know that we are starting to see a very clear bifurcation of society, a division of society into two very different entities. And it's not the vaxxed and unvaxxed so much as that's that's one of the, the measuring points. But really, it's the people who understand and are willing to assert their bodily autonomy versus those who will not re- recognize it and are doing their very best to push other people into doing what uh, what the collective wants. It's this is the classic case of the collective versus the individual. Now, before I go a step further, I want to just emphasize if you are for the vaccine, that is fine. If you've taken the vaccine, that's fine. I'm not belittling you and telling you, oh, yes, now the nanobots are doing their job to, you know, reprogram your personality. No, if, if, it's, if it's what seemed like was in your best interest and you made the decision to do it, absolutely. You should have the freedom to do that. But at the same time, why can't that courtesy be extended to other people? And I'll go back to that nurse's question. Why do the protected need to be protected from the unprotected? Or why, why, do they, why do the unprotected need to take the protection that apparently isn't working for the so-called protected who've taken the vaccine? All we're getting is more mandates, more clampdown, more we'll have to take this away from you until you comply. I don't know where this is headed, but I don't have a very good feeling in my stomach about what it's doing. One thing that I'm starting to see is that uh, we are starting to coalesce into these two separate realities. Those of us who will not compromise our principles, um, we have a choice before us. I mean, do you want to live as an outcast? Do you want to live as a leper among the rest of your society? Or is it time to start building networks of the people who share your values? Actually, I believe it's past time. And I think there are people who are, are finally starting to come together on this, but... You know, an airline pilot, I don't know exactly what they make, but I'm guessing it's going to be north of six figures, maybe comfortably north of six figures, depending on the airline that they're flying for. That ain't exactly a dead-end job. That's not chump change. If someone feels strongly enough that they're willing to walk away from the job or risk losing that job rather than compromise their personal principles their personal privacy, their bodily integrity. I cannot help but have just profound respect for them. I know we're supposed to, you know, line up like it's time for the two minutes hate in 1984 and sit there and scream and shout at them till we're, you know, foaming at the mouth. But that's a courageous move. That's a baller move, as my kids would say. That's, that's really, it's impressive. And I'm sad that there are people who are suffering right now because they have chosen to stand up. This is especially true of the healthcare industry workers, the nurses and doctors who are finding themselves treated like they're a threat. And the biggest threat that they pose is they are destroying the illusion 
that everybody agrees this is what we have to do. They're destroying that illusion of consensus. And for the people who are currently seizing power and trying to consolidate as much power as they possibly can, well, it's scary. And actually it should be because it illustrates, as if I could paraphrase Princess Leia from the Star Wars, the more they tighten their hands, the more they tighten their grip over the public, the more people slip through their fingers. When we come back, we're going to talk about those two separate realities. Got a great article from Doug Casey that I want to share with you. Please stay with us. This is The Brian Hyde Show. This is The Brian Hyde Show. All right, welcome back to the show. Just want to give a quick shout-out here to the Heather Turner team at Patriot Home Mortgage. This is the hottest real estate market that uh, anybody living in the Intermountain West has ever seen. And if you are moving to or residing in the great state of Utah, that means when you find the home of your dreams, you have got to have that financing sooner than later. You can't dilly-dally because a home that comes up on the market gets snatched up ridiculously fast. Well, this is where the Heather Turner team at Patriot Home Mortgage comes in. From VA loans to traditional loans to reverse mortgages, Heather can help you get the loan you need without delay. She has decades of experience. Patriot Home Mortgage has the stability and the clout to get you the financing you need. All you need to do is reach out to the Heather Turner team at Patriot Home Mortgage. If you're in St. George, you can simply drive to their office at 619 South Bluff Street. You can call 435-703-4522. Heather's NMLS ID is 715-386. And yes, Patriot Mortgage is an equal housing opportunity lender. So as we see our society starting to divide into two separate realities, Doug Casey has a terrific take on how we can find like-minded communities. And there's another word he uses here, files, P-H-Y-L-E-S. And I don't know a good way to describe this. I looked up the definition. It's a fairly lengthy definition, but essentially it's it's a tribe. And, you know, I I go on about now, we don't need to be all tribal-minded, but... I think you'll find people from many tribes who could be part of your file. But uh, he says, this is the time to find like-minded communities. This is the time to find the people who are on the same page as you and to start solidifying those connections. Here's the explanation. This is part of an interview that was done with International Man and published on LewRockwell.com last week. I'll have a link to this in the show notes. International Man asks Doug Casey, They say, it seems now more than ever, people have less and less in common with others who happen to carry the same government ID. At the same time, like-minded people are finding each other from across the world. And they ask Doug, what's your take on this trend? What does it mean for the nation state? Doug Casey says, well, once upon a time, like-minded people came to America because of their desires for personal freedom and financial opportunity. In fact, that's part of what made America what it is. Americans were the kind of people that were drawn to the ideals put forth by the country's founding fathers. But now America's drawing the the wrong kind of people. And what he means here is they're not people who necessarily want freedom. Some do, of course, but many are drawn to this massive welfare state and the benefits, free medical care, free schooling. He says past migrants may have been dirt poor and ignorant, but they had to make their own way. 
The state did not subsidize them. It gave them absolutely nothing. But that's not the case today. The character of America has changed. And he says, so have the kind of people who want to migrate here. They don't want to accept American values. They want to maintain their Somali or their Afghan or their Haitian values. Most of them will not become Americans. They'll become United Statesers. He says, America, a republic sharing a common culture, is being washed away and replaced by the U.S., a multicultural domestic empire. Now, America used to be totally unique, says Doug Casey, but now the U.S. is just another nation state like all the others. By the way, people who say, well, you know, America is exceptional. There's a time when America was exceptional, but now... It is not, and it's because it's, it has become like oh, all the other nation states out there. Now he says, of course, change is a constant in all areas of life, but Doug Casey says, I'll miss the America of before times because it was a refuge for things like free thought, free speech, free markets, and entrepreneurialism. Ah, well, he says, nothing lasts forever, and America had a pretty good run. Now, with that said, he says, the main danger to you is your own government particularly the U.S. government headquartered in Washington, D.C., and to a lesser degree, state and local governments. Like other United Statesers, you're not personally endangered by Iranians, the Chinese, or Russians. After all, they're on the other side of the world. You are, however, directly threatened by the U.S. government and by other U.S. citizens. They widely, indeed overwhelmingly, now accept socialist and welfare state principles. And he says, your own, uh, your own fellow United Staters don't mind turning you into a serf. So you're largely on your own when it comes to trouble. So at this point, he says, it's incumbent upon those of us who believe in American principles to find their countrymen wherever they are. Not just in this geographical area, not just within the ballywick of the U.S. government. It's part of a global trend, actually. And it's happening all over the world in different ways. The nation-state itself, which has been around since about the 16th century, what about the Treaty of Westphalia, is rapidly becoming an anachronism, just like the kingdoms and principalities which came before it have joined the scrap heap of history. People everywhere are losing their loyalty to national governments, just the way our ancestors discarded their loyalty to their kings and princes. Government, he says, in its present form is actually on its way out. And Doug Casey says, I say good riddance. Now, International Man says, now the concept of files originates from a book by Neil Stevenson called The Diamond Age. And that book is set in a future world where groups of people come together based on what matters most to them. Instead of incidentals, they can't control, like where were you born? So with the growing polarization and divisiveness of the U.S. and other countries, he asks, will the concept of files become appealing to people? Doug Casey's answer is absolutely You can no longer rely on people in your own country for much. In fact, you may not have anything in common with them. You may not share anything other than the same government ID. Now, here's an interesting little historical uh, background. Doug Casey says the U.S. used to have a common culture up until the 1960s. But since then, we've evolved from a unicultural country into a multicultural domestic empire. People with red views simply can't relate to those with blue views. In fact, they increasingly hate each other. And this situation has been greatly exacerbated with the COVID hysteria, masks, and now near-mandatory vaccinations. Antagonisms are approaching those of Europe's religious wars in the 16th and 17th centuries. Now, he says, we're not there yet, 
but things are definitely moving in that direction. Doug Casey says the old idea of America is no longer relevant. And a large part of the country, the social justice warriors, the progressives, the socialists, the wokesters, etc., are actively and purposely trying to destroy it. Which he says is unfortunate but understandable. You know, people want to associate with others like themselves who share things that are important to them. It doesn't matter whether what's important to them is their culture, race, language, religion, occupation, economic status, general worldview, or any of a thousand different things. He says people are increasingly going to form relationships based upon things which are important to them. Now, those things may have little or nothing to do with the government that rules over them. In fact, their democratic government will likely be openly antagonistic to them. But he says large groups of Americans and United Statesers will view the government not only as unimportant, but as an unnecessary and dangerous parasite. The average person may not recognize that right now, but the thought will eventually filter through, the same way it did when people almost everywhere started transferring their loyalties from kings and princes to nation-states, democracies, the people, and the like. I thought it was interesting. Doug Casey says, now I know this sounds like an outrageous thought. Democracy is almost like a secular god. You aren't supposed to blaspheme against it. But he says, in fact, it's degenerated into something akin to a scam to justify the ruling class and the elite. Sometimes it's no better than mob rule. And he says, I believe people are finding that, rather than geographically defined nation states, that uh, philosophically designed, defined files make much more sense. <clears throat> and there's a couple of examples here. International Man refers to Liberland and the Free State Project in New Hampshire as a couple of examples where like-minded people come together within a physical location. And so they ask, does a file require that its members be in the same geographic location to be effective? To which Doug Casey says, well, that's certainly ideal. The fact that a lot of libertarians gathered around the Free State Project in New Hampshire and Liberland, well, there are indications of that. But he says there's straws in the wind. There are at least a half dozen things like that going on in the world today. He says it's better if like-minded people are physically close to one another. But with things like Skype, Zoom, 5G, and the rest of it, communications become very good and practically free everywhere in the world. And with transportation technology as good as it is and getting better, notwithstanding government's stupid and counterproductive travel bans, you can easily get to wherever you want. And Doug Casey says a lot of people are going to take advantage of that and go to enclaves where they can be around people like themselves. What draws people together, he says, is not their nationality, their shared government IDs. Things like the Olympic Games greatly overemphasize the importance of the state. As do entities like the UN, the IMF, NATO, and hundreds of other organizations. They're basically private clubs for government big shots. But he says what's really important, what should draw people together, is your character. That you think rationally and critically. And that you follow the true great laws. Do all that you say you're going to do. Don't encroach upon other people or their property. Doug Casey says, I choose to associate with people based on those things, not accidents of birth. In any event, he says, to the extent people observe certain precepts that support their survival, they will stay together in groups voluntarily. Got a link to this in the show notes at thebrianhideshow.com. You really need to read the rest of this interview. This is The Brian Hyde Show. (laughs) 
This is The Brian Hyde Show. Hey, welcome back to the show. I am uh, very happy to tell you that uh, one of my great sponsors is LifesavingFood.com. And if the sight of those empty shelves or the growing number of empty shelves that you're seeing, not only in your grocery store, but even in some of the big box stores, if that is starting to concern you, I'm going to tell you you're right. You know, congratulations, first of all, for paying attention, but you're right to be concerned. We are seeing a gradual, but it seems like an exorable breakdown of the supply chain. And the saddest thing to me is a part of this really looks to be deliberate. It looks to be um, being affected by regulatory means. And basically, governments are engineering this. And I suppose it's to put the squeeze on us. But what that could mean is it could mean some real shortages. If you don't want to take chances, if you want to be the kind of person who has self-reliance, you are not dependent on other people to feed you and shelter you and take care of you. I think you really need to talk to my friends at lifesavingfood.com. There's a link in my show notes. Click on it. Understand this. My listeners get a 20% discount if they use the coupon code HIDE at checkout. I mean, saving one-fifth on on your food storage, not a bad deal, whether you're just starting out or just adding to an existing food storage program. Please check them out. Let them know that their message has reached your ear and take the steps today before people get panicky. Because I don't think it's too far off that people are going to start getting a little bit uh, jittery over what they see happening. So I, I've got a link to Doug Casey's interview. I hope you'll read it about uh, the the creation of files and like-minded communities, why you need to find one right now. Hopefully there are people within your life that uh, that you could trust with, with very you know serious issues. If not, you need to, to be looking around you. Hopefully have people in every direction of the compass, you know, that that you could turn to or that you could partner with in a time of emergency. I think this is going to become very important. I want to take it one step further, though, um, <clears throat> because it's not just, you know, living in emergency mode. Oh, we're going to have to, you know, wander around like a bunch of mountain men and have our rendezvous every so often. Now that it's getting harder to ignore that spectacle of empty shelves in the grocery stores, It's a great time to start focusing on how to build a new system. Create a workaround to these shortages and breakdowns in the supply chain. Aiden Tate, writing for TheOrganicPrepper.com, has an excellent article on the six components of creating an American free market network. AFMN is the abbreviation. And Aiden Tate says the struggle on American soil to access necessities is challenging. And in in Aiden Tate's opinion, is only going to worsen. He says, I I believe there is a workaround to this, though, and that is creating an American free market network. And AFMN is a concept for creating more accessible and resilient community while enabling you to purchase what you need to purchase. When the world at large refuses it to you, that uh, American free market network will allow you to communicate with others. He says, we already see this in France. We see it in the Philippines, in Australia, and other countries across the globe. Business owners and others are denying people access to restaurants, grocery stores, and other sellers of goods simply because those people don't have 
the particular papers. Teachers and children are having things forced on them. Employees throughout those countries as well. So here are what the components of a, an American free market network entails. Number one, local food free market network. Aiden Tate says it's just a matter of time before American patriots cannot access grocery stores in other locations. Therefore, I highly recommend getting an alternate food network in place now. Go to your local farmer's market, pick up a business card from each farmer there. You'll now have the address, contact info, and information on products produced from a large swath of your local farmers. He says, I did this at one of the farmer's markets in my area last week and was able to get info on 10 different food producers just a short distance from my house. So he says, now I have information on where to get vegetables, berries, pears, apples, peaches, herbal teas, pork, rabbit, poultry, eggs, beef, mushrooms, and more. And he says, in addition, I was also able to get contact information on a local herbal medicine practitioner. A few soap makers, some shampoo and deodorant makers, a host of bakers, and other goods producers. I think the key here is the more you look, the more you find. He says, there's a lot of helpful information that can keep my family well-fed should I not be permitted to enter a store. And keep in mind, this was just one farmer's market. The more you look, the more you're going to find. He says, there are several other markets available in my area producing a wide range of goods. With this knowledge, I could effectively cut out shopping at major chains altogether. And he also recommends don't overlook your farm and garden section of your local Craigslist or Facebook marketplace either. See, at this point, homegrown goods are still allowed to be advertised. Make your connections now before that changes and get the conversation off of social media as quickly as possible. By the way, a big part of of sourcing your food locally like this is adjusting your diet now to make the most of local foods. That's a good idea, too, if you uh, have food storage that you think you're going to be dipping into. I speak from experience when I tell you the first time you switch over to a whole wheat diet, you could experience some unpleasant results, to put it mildly. The second thing that Aiden Tate recommends as a, a necessary component of a American free market network would be a dedicated CB radio channel. Let's say there's an internet blackout or the power grid goes down. In addition, people's cell services get shut off because their bank account is closed or some other similar event keeping people from getting in touch with each other. How would you communicate? Well, in any of these situations, CB radio will still serve as a means of communication. As long as you have a radio and some off-grid means of keeping it powered, you can get and disseminate the information that you need. And he goes into, you know, the the different things that you're going to need component-wise. And addresses, while a ham radio would be preferable, not everybody has the time or desire to learn their way around the licensure process or how to use their radio. CB's much more user-friendly, and anyone can sit, sit down and switch to Channel 17, no problem, putting them in touch instantly with people they're seeking out. But you do have to have an emergency communications plan. Number three component is you have to have a dedicated CB comms window. For instance, you could leave one channel open all day long for discussion. Let every morning from 7 to 7.30 and every night from uh, 8 to 8.30 be established as the time the people in your American free market network discuss their needs, availabilities, and other news. 
That ensures your information can get out to as many people as possible. You don't have to worry about how you hope enough free market network people are listening. With a comms window, you know that you stand a good chance of getting the request and availability news out there to as much of your target audience as possible. Okay, component number four, free market network healthcare. He says, I highly recommend collecting the names and contact info of clinics in your area that are the work sites of patriotic Americans and do so now. By the way, for my listeners in St. George, you are so blessed to have some really great alternatives to the uh, IHC, our way or the highway kind of thinking. Make those connections now. He says, you need to know who's willing to see you should you lack the necessary paperwork to legally walk through those doors. You need to know where you can get treatment, where you can get medication, etc. And should Americans start to lose their insurance plans in the future or see massive spikes in rates for particular Americans' insurance costs? He suggests, I, I, I would look into clinics with a sus- subscription plan. plan rather. These clinics permit you to access all of their services whenever you need them, provided you're a paying member of the clinic. You may see them referred to as concierge uh, medicine clinics. Number five component is an educational free market network. Figure out what you need to do to get your kids started with homeschooling. This may be more important than ever, mom and dad, now that you are being looked at as domestic terrorists if you dare question what your school board is doing. So while you may not be able to stay home and teach your kids yourself, if you can partner with a free market network of other people, you can get the job done. But you need to get those homeschool materials now. And finally, number six, do not use social media to network. Think about this. Social media networking is a future is a foolish idea, rather, given future globalist legislation is liable to blow your American free market network to pieces. Aiden Tate says, I would keep this on something of a need to know basis. If you do use social media to make initial connections, get the conversation off there and in person as quickly as possible. In fact, he specifically recommends Signal as a messaging app to reach out to like minded people. <clears throat> I have a link to this in the show notes at thebrianhideshow.com. I hope you'll find this interesting and useful information. Again, the goal here isn't to make you panic. It's to give you options. So check out those options at thebrianhideshow.com. This is The Brian Hyde Show.